All right, we have another awesome set of guests today. They are the brains behind Humboldt Sugar Co. If you don't know that name, definitely check it out. It is a really cool company with a simple and incredibly awesome product. I'm going to let them take it over from here. Please give it up for Jessica Ricker and Kara Rasmussen. So I know we talked on the phone a little bit. Oh, mm -hmm. can you pull that? Just try to keep them like a fist away from your mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So up just a little. You, you can move it however you want. You have to, She's like, you have to put like, your hand like I, this where to measure. Go? So then. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's not a. And you can, it extends. You can kind of pull it wherever. Look at you. You're a professional over there. Thank you. There you go. Um, so I know we talked a little bit on the phone, but do you guys want to relay the story again of how it all started, how you guys got into this? Sure. Do you want me to start? Yes, you start. Okay. So we both had kids the same age. Um, my son and her daughter are the same age in the same class. And we were at, um, uh, I guess it was preschool, right? Yeah. And um, we met and then we've at some point we're just like, we need to be friends. And so we hung out, of course, and we smoked some weed together. And then we're like, yeah, you like smoking pot? And she's like, yeah. I do too. So then we started um, hanging out kind of regularly, and then we were both kind of stay-at-home moms. I've, I was a realtor in the past. I've been in sales. I was an insurance inspector. Um, she started her mothering a lot younger than I did. Um, so we were kind of at the same phase in our lives, but just a little bit. I'm 10 years older than she is. Oh, so. Okay. Anyways, um, and then we were just talking and we're like, hey, we should make some sort of cannabis product, you know? They're going to legalize it soon, blah, blah, blah. Right, because we have both been in the industry since mm -hmm. we've been living in Humboldt for so long. I know I've been in all parts of the industry and they were finally legalizing it and we were wanting to be part of it. We wanted to stay active in the cannabis industry. So we came up with an idea. And our, our first idea was um, Betty Chronic, um, taking big brownie mix. And we were like, okay, Betty Chronic is genius. It's such a good name. But then we're like, fuck, we're going to get um, sued by Betty Crocker for sure the minute we yep, launch. Yeah, probably a safe call. <laughs> and so we just were like, we can't afford that. So um, we did some consulting with a, a consulting firm about our product. Um, people were kind of like into the licensing stuff and the whole time we were looking for a place to manufacture that um, we didn't have to get our own license just because we didn't have the coin to be able to do that. Yeah, that upfront capital, yeah. I imagine, yeah, is a lot. Yeah, is a lot. And then finding a place and then outfitting the place and then the licensing on top of it, plus all that, yeah, the legalities of it. We weren't prepared for that. We're just kind of like, we have this great idea. Like, where can we do it? So um, during the consulting session, you know, it came to the light that the, the, um, dosing of a brownie mix would be really hard and it would hard to it'd be hard to make it legal so then we we're like what else can we do and then we started talking about cannabis cannabis infused sugar and then once that kind of hit we're like that's what we should do how did that idea come about because that's such a 
cr- I mean, well, such a simple idea, like I said, but crazy and and that it's almost perfect. Well, we wanted to make the take and bake brownie mix really easy and simple and clean. So the way we were medicating it was already with cannabis infused sugar. So it was a dry mix. So uh, that since was already part of it. Since we couldn't dose the whole brownie, you know, batch, we just decided to go with the sugar. Just sell the sugar and then people can make their own recipes and put it in whatever they'd like. Mm-hmm. And so you guys said you were already part of the cannabis industry. Was that on the manufacturing side Let's or just, just call it garage grow <laughs> okay yes and like hustling sales yeah. um trimming you know like total trim i mean that was like another side hustle just in the lifestyle of it yeah yeah and then you know getting employed by doing trimming or driving or transporting or whatever just kind of hustling doing whatever mm-hmm. you could do mm-hmm. that's cool and how long, so how long were you guys doing that before you were like, okay, we need to, we need to make our own thing here? Um, Probably Gosh. 10 years. Mm-hmm. 10 years. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think um, it's been about five years since we've been from concept to actual. To now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and then we've been manufacturing for over a year since we launched in March of last year is when we launched the sugar line. And so it's been a year. And then before that was just a lot of, you know, that was a hustle, like trying to find a place. And we would go to all these places and be like, what do you think about that? It's like, yeah, it sounds great. No, no, can't help you out, you know. And and it was complicated, like um, getting licensing and having it be all legal. Like we'd have to sign these crazy licensing agreements that weren't necessarily benefiting us. And so it became kind of apparent that at some point we needed to a actually try to get our license or find a place that could let us be pretty autonomous and be able to manufacture and just kind of work our magic on our own without having some heavy duty oversight, you know, and somebody going, okay, so you get 25 cents and I get $5 per unit. You know, we wanted to make some coin if yeah. we were going to do it, you know. And it's your guys' idea. It's you our idea. Yeah. And we were doing all the manufacturing. We do, you know, all the marketing. We do all the sales. We do all the packaging, all the packaging, every... labeling, designing the label, all of that stuff. We Is did any on of that own. automated or you guys are doing that all by hand? We the do machine. It all well, the well, machine there is... packages it in the little sticks. Okay. So, and that's a whole other story. The machine has Uh-oh. been an adventure in itself. <laughs> Just troubleshooting. <laughs> yeah, troubleshooting this giant machine. You know, uh, we <clears throat> we have overcome, and we have really learned everything there is to know about that machine. I think. <laughs> well, it was funny because, like, we're. We're like, okay, so now we got the play, the the idea, we have the concept, we have the the outs- external packaging, um, we have our logo, which is the little spoon mandala, which we're like, this is genius. And then Solid we're like, logo, by the way. Yeah, it, it's a great logo. So we're like, what should we do? How are we going to package it? And then Kara's like, I found this machine. I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I ordered the machine. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like, it'll be here in like three months. And I'm like, holy crap. And so (laughs) sure enough, Karen and I are like driving down to San Francisco to go pick up this 700 pound machine, bring it up to Humble. And it was in her garage for a long time where we did a lot of troubleshooting and Kara's really intimate with the machine. I'm a mechanic now. Yeah, she's a mechanic. She's the production manager. Well, yeah, I mean, it just just spending so much time with it really gets, 
you know, you get to know it. And I can't imagine there are a lot of YouTube videos explaining how to use it. No, the manual had like four pages. Yeah, and it was from China, so it's a Chinese manual. So it's like none of it's like if you hear an unharmonious sound, (laughs) turn machine (laughs) off. Okay, but then Kara, like I don't know, she would just go out there and like look at it and like be like turn it on and kind of figure out how it all kind of worked together. And then um, you know we just started packaging it, and then it was like getting the right weight and making sure that the length was right, that it would fit inside the box and making sure it was dumping right. And then we had like full Lucian Ethel moments where like sugar's like coming off the top and like oh, spraying man. all over the place and the sticks are flying out everywhere and <laughs> none of them were sealed. And, you know, so there was a lot of growing pains with that for sure. I like that little subtle plug uh-huh. there. That's why I named this podcast that is because that's all part of life, right? It it's is. Just going through those, especially as a small business, that's all part of the fun. Mm-hmm. It's just not in the moment fun necessarily, but just overcoming that. And now you have a great story out of it. Yeah, no. And it that's a pretty great story. It was. So then, so we finally find a place out in Willow Creek that we're going to manufacture. We're paying like big bucks to be out there. Um, we're all set up. We have all this sugar made. We had 150 pounds of sugar already made. We're getting ready to package it. Of course, we pour all the sugar in the machine. We're like, turn it on, and it doesn't work. And we're <laughs> like, crap. And then we're like, great. It's Chinese New Year. So they're off for like a month, and we're just like, we're dead in the water. We're ready to launch, ready to go, dead in the water. And so Karen and I are like, okay, we'll try to email them. And then I was like, there's other manufacturers of these types of machines in, in the United States. Let's try to find somebody who has one. Um, and then I found this, somehow I found this guy that does repair the Chinese machines and we got on FaceTime with him and just showed him the machine when it was on and he figured out what was wrong with it. Just over FaceTime. Oh, how lucky is that? Oh, he got a nice big care package from us. We sent him a really... (laughs) big care package and he's like after that he's like i'll help you anytime you want yeah he's my direct line just call me let me know what you need and he was really sweet so um that was like so lucky for us so we were only down i mean a couple weeks before we were able to actually start manufacturing and then again it was lucy and ethel style like just with getting the the weights right and everything and packaging it all and we did it yep yep and we've come a long way now now we've come up with some pretty Good systems. Mm-hmm. We're, we're on a roll now. You guys are in the groove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it by weight of the sugar that's the THC content? No. Uh, the weight of the sugar inside the stick is uh, – two grams, which is a half a teaspoon. So we have to make sure that there's a half a teaspoon of sugar in each stick. And um, there's five milligrams of THC in each half a teaspoon. Okay. And so this machine then just packages the sugar. It just packages it. So basically our process is we make a bunch of sugar and then we test that big batch. And of course we, there were batches that we didn't test and then we wish we had tested and then, you know, <laughs> those sorts of things happen. So, cause the, a big expense in the cost of the product is just the COA testing, which is the compliance testing, which you can bring it to market after you've had that compliance test. So anybody's buying our sugar has to have that, that um, compliance test attached to that actual product. And that's just quality assurance. And it is. This it is. is. The actual and, and then content. also knowing that the dosing's right, especially with edibles. And so, um, I mean, it comes out to close to a dollar a unit if you don't 
make enough. So you have to make larger quantities to to warrant that the te- the cost of the testing okay. to make sure that it's not coming out to two bucks a unit, to, you know, or it's something that's a little more affordable. Can you guys do this testing in house, or you have to send it? You somewhere? have to send it oh. out, and it's expensive. It's yeah. whatever seven hundred and fifty dollars per COA. So is it going down south? Goes down to Sonoma. We work with Sonoma Lab Works. They're great. They've been really helpful with us and really on point and, you know, talking to us about their process and stuff. So that's been really cool. So we've had some good partnerships, too, working in the industry, you know, definitely people helping us along the way. And it's just so funny because it's like, yeah, just random people like, oh, my God, I heard you're making that sugar. I know someone, you know, so it's always a lot of friends and and support from the community that have have helped us get this far for sure. That's cool when it grows just by word of mouth like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys are pushing promo online. Do you guys have like social media pages and Yes, stuff we do. It? Humboldt Sugar Co. on Instagram and Humboldt Sugar Co. on Facebook. We also have a website and that is HumboldtSugar.com. Yeah, so the, the Insta stuff too, we weren't very active on. And then we kind of realized that we needed to kind of up our game. Um, Kara's sister just moved up here from Gilroy and she's really competent in making reels and really good, um, you know, um, content that's interesting to people. And some of it's funny and some of it's, you know, um, a little more serious or sexy or whatever it is. But just to kind of keep it, keep Engaging. people guessing. Yeah, for sure. And in the last few months, we've gotten a lot more active on Insta on our own, just like being like, okay, let's do this. And it's been really fun too. It's crazy how much those reels make a difference when you start posting those. Those are, yeah, we those didn't are kind really, of a game changer. Really know about that. Um, our uh, uh, Becky, mm-hmm. our really, PR person. Our, yeah, our yeah. PR person, Becky, has really helped us uh, with our social media page too. And presence. Yeah. And doing PR and outreach, you know, to, you know, customer service and stuff like that. She's been great. Do you guys get a lot of customer service calls? No, it's more like right now, just like an outreach situation, you know, like for 420, she's like, we should do this, like sugar love 420, you know, promo thing. And so we sent packages of swag and gave uh, a select few dispensaries, a bunch of free sugar to do a promo for 420, just out of like customer appreciation, you know, because that gives them flexibility within their store to be able to promote it however they want, you know, whether they give it away or sell it at half price or, you know, it just gives them incentive to want to actually promote it. And so lots of sharing on Insta, you know, like, oh, we did this on our page and we put it on, our, you know, our page and they put it on theirs. So cross out. promotion and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just started diving into the reels for the podcast and it's, it's crazy seeing how much traction you can get just from a 60 second video. I'd never really looked into it. I was like, I don't really need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big social media guy. I've had to be for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And even even in that, it was just insane seeing, oh, if you just post one reel a day, it kind of right. makes a difference. I could imagine that's the same for you guys. Pretty yeah, much. we definitely saw a difference after we started doing reels. Um, yeah, we were not super comfortable in front of the camera at first, but it is very fun once you get out 
into the forest or in the puppy field. Yeah. <laughs> and do whatever you want with it. Yep. And then, you know, so now, like, we kind of explore sounds and we're like, this is hilarious. We have to do this sound. And then so then you have to be creative about thinking about, okay, what are you going to do for the sound to make it read, you know, on the reel? And so that's been really fun. You know, doing some of that, that's like the really fun part about the business is like promoting it, I think. Yeah. How... Do you guys take the – do you guys distill the cannabis down with, like, turn it into ice ash and add it to the sugar? How does it get added to the sugar? So we use distillate. The reason we use distillate is because it doesn't smell and it doesn't taste. So when you're baking with our sugar or putting it in your drink, you're not going to change the flavor of your recipe. So we actually turn the distillate into a tincture, and then we infuse the sugar that way. And you guys do that all in-house? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. So we have been buying. We have to. Well, we we, we, we purchase the distillate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't make that, but you. Yes. You we make the it. tincture. Yeah. Okay. We make the tincture. And then, um, you know, the distillate has to be from Humboldt County because we're Humboldt Sugar Company. So because that is part of our name, you have to source all of your cannabis from Humboldt County. So that is a requirement. So we've been using... Oh, that's not a self-imposed rule. You guys actually have to do that. Yeah. No, oh, I, with the way you said that, I was like, oh, that's just, that's cool. You guys are sourcing locally. I didn't no. realize that was a have to. No, thing. we had to because we put our... I mean, and that was also a struggle. Like, what do we name it? What are we going to call it? Great name. By <laughs> you the way, know what I mean? Solid name. Like, well, and then we're like, we could be flexible. Like, if we decided, like, if the, humble, the cannabis sugar didn't go off, we could make our own flavored sugars and sell them at the co-op and still have a brand and everything. You know, something that wasn't cannabis infused, you know, or CBD sugar or something like that. It gave us a little more flexibility with what we could do with the product as it evolved, you know, and the line of products that was that evolved. <laughs> were you guys worried about making that choice where now you are kind of Well, we did have a couple local? of other names that were turned away by the trademark uh, trademarking we weren't allowed to oh they had already been taken no they weren't taken there's just so many rules about what can be trademarked and what can't be and so um this was you know the best route for us since we wanted to use local marijuana and cannabis we have um you know now we have to <laughs> well yeah and then i think the other thing was like it's so funny, like she was saying about the trademarking. It's it's crazy because we had um, Humboldt Flavor. We were going to trademark that. We'd filed a couple applications. They're like, flavor's too generic. And what do you mean by flavor? Like, are you talking about a flavor profile? Are you talking about, you know, something specific? It was just they wouldn't let us um, trademark that. And that is part of it. So we have Humboldt Sugars now trademark. It's a, canna- a California cannabis trademark. So we have a trademark on it now. Yeah, that whole trademarking world seems just hectic. It is. Yeah. No, we had lots of – talk about rejection. <laughs> <laughs> we were rejected several, multiple times. But, wow. you know, we finally kind of stuck with it. And then it was funny because we hired these, um, this law, law firm and then they're like, yeah, we do cannabis trademarks. And then they were like kept submitting it but not submitting it correctly. Your lawyers? Yeah. Oh, that's not a comforting feeling. Oh, I had to get on the phone with the main guy, and I was like, "Dude, what is happening?" Well, I was like, "Is this not your your forte?" (laughs) Yeah, we go with the wrong (laughs) lawyer. Yeah, because you said you were cannabis, and then he's like, "You're right." 
everything for the future is on us. Like oh, he's he was charging us. He was charging us like the fees every time you apply, you have to pay two hundred and fifty bucks or something like that. And so he's racking up all these charges and keeps getting rejected. And I was like, We're paying you to be the professional here. Can you show us please that you're professional? And he's like, All right, I'll just carry it. Until we get it closed, and he did. Yeah, that he made good on it, and he got us the trademark. So, yeah, I'd be worried about business security. The way he keeps just, it's, oh, is this intentional? What are I, we doing? What is happening here? Well, I had to call him out on it too because that's the thing. It's like we don't have a ton of money, you know. And I just see our law bills are just like getting ridiculous. You and know? just for the patent, it's not even equipment or mm-hmm. anything. You're just spending money trying to get your name. Yeah, exactly. And we had been through a couple other lawyers, you know, and kind of, we just, we kind of got jerked around a bit at the beginning because we weren't, we didn't know what we were doing, you know? And so once we kind of got a better feel of what that process was, we were able to be a little more efficient, you know? But before then it's like, oh yeah, talk to this guy. And it's like, okay, so we go talk to him. He's like, oh, it's $500 to talk to me for an hour. Talk to him for an hour. And like, we got nothing out of it. And then you took our $500 and we're like, this is bullshit. You know, like we're working hard to try to get our foot in the door and all these people, there's all these roadblocks, you know? So we definitely knocked those out of the way as we went on. It sounds like, especially in this industry, it's kind of a big upfront cost yeah to just to just get in the door not even start producing your what you're making yet yeah well there are a lot of expenses and like we said earlier is that we couldn't we couldn't just do it um on our own like get the licensings just because we didn't have a facility that was the main oh boy that was it infused <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Sorry, just, just yeah. opening up a joint. In we, um, yeah, we were just not getting um, the straight answer, and then we couldn't afford the rent on the the buildings. I mean, the rent they charge per square foot was so high, and we had a building that we were going to go into. We made we had a whole kitchen design planned. They were going to let us put a commercial kitchen in there, and then we get to it, and the guys like, and we had the design done. And he says, oh, I, I, I'm I, running it to someone else. Sorry about that. As he saw our design, he probably and took our plans. And as you guys are in the process. <laughs> he took our plans, I think. And oh, and passed them off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's That kind of stuff. Shitty. Lots of that. We wasted a lot of money. Was that beginning. is that particular to this industry or is that just small it, business in well, general? Well, I think part of it is cannabis. I mean. I mean, it, it might be. What do you think? I think that everyone is just trying to get in, get their foot in the door, just like we are. So there is a bit competition. Of there's competition. Com- yeah, there's competition out there, and everyone is looking for a space to manufacture. I think manufacturing space at the time where when we were looking was very hard to find. I feel like now they've really built up some places, and there are options now, maybe a little more than there were when. We were going, starting on this journey. I think also things have settled since legalization, you know. So, like, there was this kind of this big, like, it's almost like a land grab where people were, like, trying to get, um, you know, I have this huge facility and it's all mine. I'm going to make, you know, $10 million a year on this place. And then they had all this square footage. And then as, like, time went on, they're like, oh, I don't need all that, you know. Like, oh, it's not selling. And, oh, the cannabis market's crashing. And there's all the other um, issues that are happening in the industry in and of itself, you know, like dealing with cash and all that stuff. So I think that once that um, legalization settled, there is a little more opportunity out there for people. 
people who want to get their foot in the door, you know, um, even more so since we did it like a year and a half ago. I mean, I feel like now, you know, we have some options because we moved out of our manufacturing facility because we couldn't afford it. And so we ended up making a bunch of um, uh, product and putting it in with our distro. So we are actively looking for uh, a manufacturing facility if anybody's interested. If anybody knows of anything, reach out. <laughs> Can you pass me that one? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Because um, we're looking, you know. And we think now, you know, we have our process down that we could even just rent space for a certain amount of time, move in, do a big bulk sugar run, and then be able to um, – and then just like not, and then just put it in distro, and then like then we don't have to pay the rent, monthly rent, and ma maintain a facility, and you know get it approved by the you know bureau, the cannabis bureau, or any of that stuff. Because you guys have the process done. Yep. Now officially. Now I think we can rent the space. You know. Our space is priced pretty crazy, just because of <laughs> cannabis, or just because you're looking at warehouse space. All of it. It's. I think it's. There's a premium. I mean, what do you think, Kara? I mean. I think it depends on whether or not you're carrying your own license. There's so many ways people are going about it. So I just don't know. I think it's definitely industry related because there's only so much space in the cannabis zones, you know? There there's limited areas you can be. So I think it I think the prices are industry related. I feel like also that because it's cannabis and I bet a lot of other people in the industry may feel the same way. They're like, oh, you guys make so much money. You know, That's so we're going to charge right? yeah, we're going to charge you all this money. And you're like, no, we're, I'm a poor farmer. You know, that's why, like, you know, with all the taxes that they're trying to revoke for the county and stuff like that is because those guys aren't making it. Those all those little small mom and pop farms are failing because they can't afford to stay in business because of the bureaucracy and the cannabis, you know, gouging, you know, that's happening. I see that a lot. And I we felt it, too. You know, it's like you'd be renting a warehouse space for whatever, you know, 75 cents a square foot and they're charging us 350, you know, so. Do you think that's just a Humboldt I, County problem? I think it's a, a, an industry-wide problem. You know, there is that concept about cannabis, people involved in cannabis being just like super loaded and ballers and stuff like that. And everyone's just struggling to try to make ends meet and stay in business. I think know? that stems from it being... You know, on the underground market for so long, the where you could market. make, yeah, where you could make a little bit more money. Well, I think that's now, the perception, right? Yeah. Going into legalization, but now that it's legal, everyone's kind of realizing, like, yeah, it's almost the same with the the spaces where everyone's like, oh no, I'm gonna hold on to this and make all this money, and then they're like, oh, maybe not. You know, hey, you need a place to rent, you know, because they need help. Like everyone needs help. Everybody's so. struggling. Yeah. So you guys don't have a license, right? A license? No. And what would come along with getting a license be advantageous or not necessarily for what you guys are doing? Well, we needed our license. We did have a license while we were manufacturing, mm -hmm. and we needed it to be in that manufacturing space. Um, yeah, we had a shared use license at the old facility, but that is attached to the building. Mm. We so, can change it. Yeah, that's what that's what Andy says, but I don't know if that's true. I'm going to call. Change it to your new building. Change it to a new facility. Um, because I'm I'm good. There's some interesting um other ways to do it. Like there's co-packers, so there's people who do the packaging for you. Like we can make the sugar up here and send it to them, and they would do all the packaging for us and distribute it from their facility. 
Um, they can also manufacture. So that's almost like a contract licensing type situation where we would license our product out to them to manufacture for us, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we would be completely hands off on the production part of it. Um, and just be doing the sales and marketing. So we are exploring that right now just because that gives us a little more flexibility and we don't need, um, I don't think we need to have a full-time space right now, but maybe when we're just like, you know, hella successful. (laughs) (laughs) Is that just because you guys aren't producing an insane amount where you would need it 24 seven? It's more about sales and getting sales and getting um, really good traction in the marketplace and seeing some sell through on the shelves where people are coming back to buy it over and over again, you know? Is that the hardest part right now is just getting those repeat customers? That and also um, distro a little bit, just getting it in places that are kind of weird because that's those are the people that like us. <laughs> Have you ever heard of, you know, Scalabula, California? And they're like, um, no. And we're like, well, do you go there? No, we don't go there. And you're like, ah, okay. So there goes a sale, you know, because our distro or other distribu- you know, distribution from Humboldt County, just because we're so far north, it's hard. Makes it hard. Yeah, and I get it. You know, I understand why some distribution companies can't do that. I get it. You know, I don't hold that against them. So... Um, luckily our distribution company is pretty cool. And they're like, if you find somebody who goes to Scalabella, California, (laughs) you can use them. So, you know, they will just pick it up from them and we would pay them a distribution fee. So our distro has really been supportive of our launch of our product and helping us get out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How far in the state are you guys? All, Still, all the way. All the way. All the way. We're all the way to San Diego now. Oh, that's awesome. So up City. Malibu. We just got into Malibu. In, yeah. Uh, we are in Monterey. Let's see. Oakland. Vallejo. Um, what's the... Um, Gustine. Gustine. Uh, I don't even know Crescent where Gustine City. is. Crescent City. Crescent City. Crescent City. All mm-hmm. locally here, obviously. Um, yeah, we're excited. We're feeling pretty good about it. Well, I mean, it's such a interesting pro. I mean, for me personally, one of my biggest gripes is just how much sugar there is in every edible. Mm-hmm. It's that trope of the stoner that's just eating sweets, mm-hmm. right? Sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. So everything has so much sugar. Mm-hmm. And seeing this product and the fact mm-hmm. that, oh, you can kind of control that now mm-hmm. how much you want, especially you guys have the non-sugar sugar, right? Yes, so we have a sugar-free sweetener option, and that is the monk fruit. And uh, we had a lot of people say to us, you know, we're not really doing sugar, cutting sugar out of our diet. Um, People who are diabetic, people who are doing keto, uh, it's great for them because they can enjoy their coffee in the morning with a stick of monk fruit sweetener, you know, and they're getting the same benefit as the sugar. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yep. Do you, you started with the original, it was just a sugar, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started with that. And so people uh, started telling us, you know, we should do a sweetener, should do a sweetener. And we did a small survey, right, on Humboldt Foodies. Mm-hmm. And we asked people what their favorite sweetener would be. Would it be monk fruit, stevia, and something else we asked. And the golden monk fruit won. So that's what we made. We started infusing golden monk fruit. What is monk fruit? It's just a type of fruit? It's a really weird fruit from <laughs> China, I think. they. Um, but it's. I think it's an Asian fruit, in Indonesia and places like that but it's 
Super duper sweet. It's 200 times sweeter than cane. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's really super sweet. So um, they cut it basically with um, erythritol, which is another sweetener that they use to mix it with. But it gives it this. Um, the golden monk fruit has a really kind of maple flavor. Um, I think we brought him a sample of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We put it so in here. You can try it. Oh, cool. You can taste oh, sweet. it and see what you think about it. You know, and this whole sweetener thing is kind of funny because um, it's not something that people completely understand. And um, I feel like it's it's somewhat um, everyone has their preference, you know. So some people do prefer, I mean, sweet, you know, stevia or they do the drops of stevia. There's um, allulose. There's uh there's all the different sucroses you know so there's the the whole sweetener market's really interesting yeah have you had a lot of or any companies reach out to try to use your product in theirs where they make those gummies has that been a market um not in gummies we have had a take and bake a baking mix company which was really, really? funny <laughs> yes <laughs> they reached out to us and not a brownie mix right a yeah brownie, mix. brownie wow. mix yeah we actually met them while we were at the hall of flowers in santa rosa last year and they were really great and we ended up kind of trying to do business with each other a little bit but um it hasn't worked out yet but it may you know, they day. wanted to launch something with like a live rosin product and that tends to be a lot more per gram as far as cost is concerned and so that made it um, just to make it effective for us to make the sugar for them to with the live rosin but we got to quote them on it and so i know we're in their you know kind of peripheral like if yeah if they they need somebody to manufacture for them they could how funny is that though they came forward with it. Well, we <laughs> were like, I was like a magnet as soon as I saw the, their company and what they were. I was like, dude, that was our idea. And he like gave us all the swag. Super cool. You know, we like got along. We actually talked on the phone a couple times, you know, because it was, uh, it is, and it's a great idea, you know, and they're doing some baking mixes, like different types, like cakes and cookies. And it's pretty cool. Would it be hard to keep the quantity of thc consistent when you do a take and bake product like that i mean i guess from settling maybe in the package but if you're doing you're mixing it all together so balance out you know you're mixing it if you mix it well i think you're good it'd be homogenized enough that it wouldn't be like oh all the sugar fell to the bottom and it's only that last one side <laughs> of the like... pan <laughs> it'd be a little weird yeah <laughs> it'd be hard to make that happen yeah yeah all do done. you have a lot of customers that are using your product for like those brownies you can buy at the store or is it primarily like a coffee additive people are doing or you're getting a little bit of everything? I'm hearing both. Um, I, I've heard people making cookies for parties, um, sprinkling them on cupcakes. And then most people, I mean, everyone who buys it uses it in their coffee or tea. Yeah. I think that's I have to try e that the most coffee. easy um, and wonderful way to use it, I think. Yeah. And it's great for, um, you know, just starting out your day, you know, ease into it with the, you know, the cannabis sugar, the monk fruit sweetener. Um, and then I met this lady, the 75 year old lady, and she's like, I sprinkle it on my berries every morning. That's how she uses it, you know. Um, we've had some other super fans who are just like, I'm basically off pharma by using your sugar. You know, she's like, I have a prescription for Xanax and I haven't touched it since I've gotten it. 
So we've gotten some good feedback from our... Um, yeah, it's really fun to hear people uh, tell us how they use yeah. it and how it's changed their lives in some ways. And I know that's kind of crazy to say, but... Uh, in the case of that woman, it was really sweet to hear her say that. Yeah. That's got to be a great feeling when you hear that. Oh, yeah. That's the running trope, right, amongst people that actually use cannabis is, oh, my God, it'll it'll change your life. You're yeah, not taking all these prescription <laughs> pills. You're not. Mm-hmm. And it sounds cliche to say because everybody in that world already knows that. But from an outside perspective, people are like, mm, No, it's so really? true. Really? I, I still need my Xanax. I yeah. still need my antidepressants. I well, still need I, all this. Yeah, but then, you know, that's what's also interesting about the cannabis industry is how it's kind of gone from, like, you know, indica sativa hybrid. You know, it's getting deeper, you know. So now people are exploring all, all these terpenes and, like, adding terpenes to make it you have an experience versus just like smoking pot you know it's like you're like what do you want to do you're like first i want to vacuum my whole house and then i want to go lay in my hot tub so they're like oh try this one it starts out you know really high and then you kind of chill out and then you're like then i want to meditate and then then you go to sleep you're like okay that's the experience i want to have so it's really interesting watching how that and that part of the industry is evolving, like the way they're like creating journeys. And I'm sure when you guys were groups. in it in the beginning in the industry, you kind of got to see that in a grander scheme, right? I guess more like we were just ground pot to make money. Yeah. You guys weren't focused on, oh man, this strain's going <laughs> to, <No. laughs> you're going to be able to clean your whole no, house. We're not into the this. genetics yeah. or any of that stuff, but I admire the people that are, and mm-hmm. there is so much to know and learn about that stuff. So I do not fancy myself as an expert at all on any of those topics. Yeah. That splicing genes and, and taking a sample and repo. And I, then I they're like, it's blah, blah with this, this and that and this and that. I'm like, whoa, I have no idea what that means. You're like, that is a foreign language to me. But I had a Craig Najedli. I don't know if you guys know him. He does Talking Trees Farm mm-hmm. on the other day. And we were talking about that. And he's talking about back crossing strains and, you know, trying to solidify the gene pool. And I'm over here like, I don't know what's happening. But that is, it sounds so interesting hearing that. And how it you is. Can take certain characteristics from this strain and Mm -hmm. then cross them onto this one Mm -hmm. and you get this and then he was telling me about how some plants will become hermaphrodites and i was like i didn't even know that was possible yes yes i mean it's just a different world it is it is it's a different part of the industry too and that's why we have to support our farmers because you know they're the ones who are making it all happen for the rest of us you know and I think key would be to get it if we could get it in different states. Like if it could transport over state lines, I think that would be huge for Humboldt County. Yeah, it sounds like the market here is just so saturated now. Mm-hmm. It's California, yeah. yeah, for sure. And you know who knows if they if if other states like that's that's the next wave. Well, it's crazy that it's not federally legal. That's kind of weird. I know. It's lame. Yeah, we just um, it was funny. We got a call from these. <laughs> These girls, they have this business called Blints and Beans up in British Columbia. And I don't know if everyone knows this, but there is a Humboldt, Canada. It's in Saskatchewan. I did not know that. So <laughs> these girls were like, we love you so much. And we're putting on this big event. And we want you to come sponsor and like donate to the goodie bags and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I was like, you do know we're in Humboldt, California. And she's like, oh. They both were like deadpan silence. They were just like, I could, and we're on Zoom, and they both were like mouths. Dry. What? We thought you were from Humboldt, Saskatchewan. I was like, I never knew there was a Humboldt, Saskatchewan, but no, sorry. Can you take your product across a border like that? Not no. legally. Not legally. Mm-hmm. 
That's unfortunate. Yeah. Because it's legal in, is it legal? It's legal in Canada. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's all, you know, it's all regulated and mm-hmm. they're all doing, they have counties just like we do. So everyone's doing stuff differently, you know, and regions, you know, in Canada where they're doing it differently. But I was like, you know, maybe you should make our sugar in Canada. You guys could, you know, we could license it out to you. Let's start the first franchise and get it going. Yeah, that's a cool idea. You yeah, get the machine and just tell them. Like, <laughs> You've already got a professional. <laughs> got the recipe. Someone to call do, up. Do some consulting, you know, and help them get on the feet. Their feet it would be cool. I just read the other day that, or maybe it was this morning, that Thailand is giving out a million plants to, to people that live in Thailand, just as a way to promote cannabis. I love it's that. still illegal, and they don't want you to smoke it. But they're going to give you the plant, and as long as you have a medical condition, you're they're just going to kind of look the other way, oh. is my understanding. That sounds sketchy until yeah. somebody changes their mind, and they're like, nope, now you're on the list. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, come get they've your got a prince that's or a king over in Thailand, so yeah. it's, a little, it's a little sketchy. Yeah. But that's it was interesting seeing that and being well, like, oh, yeah. this is the first step, right? Yeah. I think. It's a yeah. step in the right direction. It is. I think they cook a lot with it over there, too. I think that was the plan was... You could make it into a tea and yeah, do whatever. Yeah, you could cook it. Yeah. yeah. I think I read something about that as well. That's rad. Yeah, right? Love it. It's it's comforting seeing people are starting to change their opinions on it. I know. I know. Well, it's being being decrimi- you know, decriminalized and not – there's so much of a stigma associated with being a stoner or smoking, using cannabis. You know, like even my in-laws, they're wonderful, wonderful people, but they just like just missed Woodstock. So like they just they were a little bit too old. So they didn't quite get that, you know, the whole 60s thing where it kind of became a little more mainstream, you know. And so now they're getting into it, which is super fun, like sharing my product with them and um, they, they, they're they enjoying it. So that's great. You, know? you guys both have kids? Yes. Is it is there a stigma around parents smoking pot is that i don't know not in your guys' circle that's a good circle <laughs> well, no, i think the thing is is like everybody has their own thing about how they use it you know and and how they use it around their families and stuff like that you know um we keep it pretty low-key at our house you know that's just the way we roll care is pretty much the same way so you know you gotta be careful though like the edibles um a lot of kids get into them and then they get really baked and it messes them up and it's not okay you know i mean we just gotta be careful about where we store it and keeping it out of their reach and not leaving it lying around especially edibles well edibles vary so i mean you could take one brownie from one company and be fine and then eat another one from another company and you're going to be on the floor for mm-hmm. the next six hours mm-hmm. Or days, or yeah, you know, everyone's got the bad, the bad edible. Ex- well, not everyone, but a lot of people of have a bad edible experience. Do you guys have a bad edible experience? <laughs> I yeah. mean, you're just getting way too high when you're. Vi- I mean, I remember being in uh, so young. I don't know how old I was. Younger, way younger, and still just like using the shake to put into the brownie mix, mm-hmm. just like baking it in there, <laughs> and then just um, it just doesn't feel doesn't feel right. <laughs> no, yeah, and it's you know it's paralyzing, and you know it can be scary. Mm-hmm. Some people go to the hospital. Some people think that they're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Well, did you hear the <laughs> video? It came out a while ago. It was about these two cops who smoked pot or took an edible off of somebody that they arrested 
and then called 911 because they thought they were dying. Oh. And they were like, we need help. We're, this is happening. And the dispatcher was like, did you guys take anything? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we, we took some weed and we ate it, and, but we're dying. It's a hilarious <laughs> audio recording. That I is can't, I think it was from maybe 2018, 2019. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my God. It happens. Yeah. I mean, that's no fun. Yeah. But that's why... There are things like cannabis sugar in little packets that are only five milligrams, and you won't hurt yourself with yeah. that. Can't and hurt if, yourself with that. Right. And if you're just starting, <laughs> you can microdose, just use half a pack or even just a couple grains. Start there. You know, some people are very sensitive to cannabis, some people are allergic to it. And they, I don't think they would die, but they get really sick, you know. So there's always that element of people being, you know, hurt from it. What do you guys make of those stories of people having psychotic breaks from taking edibles? Have you guys heard about those? I think people who have psychotic breaks using cannabis probably already have some mental health issues. That's what I think. Yeah, right? I've heard that sentiment a lot. I think, though, that you can overdose on it. And I have um, a couple times. And when you do, you're kind of like, you know, you're tripping. You know, and if you if you don't like recognize the fact that you're just really stoned and be like, I'm cool, everything's safe, you know, I'm turning on the Bob Marley, <laughs> you get the glass of water, you know, maybe eat an apple or a carrot stick. It's like the best thing in the world. And you kind of have to talk yourself through it. And if people are just like, ah, I'm so stoned. <laughs> It's easy to start spiraling down that yeah. path. Yeah, and if they're not, if they're you, you know new to new to using it, new to using you know uh, mind altering drugs, then you know that could also cause cause permanent you know psychological damage. I mean, if it, they overdo it, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment, and that those people might have already been predisposed that, to go down that path. Like sure. you're already on the cliff, and mm-hmm. then this just kind of nudges you. Mm-hmm. Over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially that that mental illness can kind of, you know, show up anytime after, you know, in your life, essentially, you know, you could be fine and then something could happen. So, but, you know, we've all heard of the people taking too much acid and not being the same afterwards, you know. Acid's or, the big one. Yeah. <laughs> Acid's the one you always hear with that. Yeah. That, like too much LSD. Yeah, for sure. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have any experience with any other? Do you guys do hallucinogenics? No, just strictly cannabis. Yeah, mostly cannabis. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I've I've only ever done that. I've never branched out into the the other world yet. Yeah. Um, I have a friend though who is you know who recently went and did the ayahuasca thing, like paid to go do the trip down and, in South America. No, he didn't go to South America. He was in a place on the East coast and, um, you know, you have to do all this preparation for it, you know, and like med- meditation and stuff like that. And he did everything and prep for it. But unfortunately he got like a cold and so he wasn't feeling good. And he, um, went and did the first sacrament cause they do it three times, like over the weekend, and he was, just felt so sick. And it does cause you to be, like, release. It can cause you to be released. Yeah, I've heard of a lot you of know, people. violently ill. Yeah, throwing um, up all over the right, place. Right, right. And um, he was just, like, he wasn't feeling it, so he left. But I've heard of other people having, like, amazing experiences on ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, and really mushrooms as well, or mm-hmm. DMT, you hear that a lot. People go on these journeys, and it's... It's kind of life-altering for Profound. them. Yeah, yeah for almost sure. like a religious experience. Mm-hmm. That's what you hear a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And some people, that's what he said, which was really interesting, is that most of the people who were there were trying to heal um, trauma, old trauma. So, and... I had these two on who are promoting psychedelics out of Arcata. Mm-hmm. Really great podcast. And they were talking about those experiences and how it kind of changed. It changes your life. Mm-hmm. Danielle came on and was talking about that and she said that she i can't i can't i don't want to put words in her mouth but it was something along the lines of she never had a great relationship with children she wasn't a big fan of kids and then she took mushrooms and realized it stemmed from oh you know i just didn't understand it like they're so full of love and so full of life and there's so much youth there and all of these things and it just changed her perspective mm-hmm. just enough where yeah. she she kind of broke through that wall that's cool that's cool and i think people can use the um you know, they're 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 exploring that like the ketamine. Ketamine just got a one. prescription for ketamine. It's like going down this road. I was like, that'll be interesting. Let's hear how it was. It wasn't a ton, but I thought that was interesting and um, definitely uh, microdosing. Yeah, microdosing is all the rage now. Yeah, yeah. Even LSD people are microdosing. It's interesting. And then there's cannabis. Which is just like the nice middle ground of, we're not going to go too crazy. The gateway drug. (laughs) That's weird, Brandon. I know. Like, oh, if you smoke weed, you're going to start doing crack, and then it's, you're off the club. Oh, yeah. We like to go back and look at all the Reefer Madness videos and (laughs) propaganda. It's so funny. It's Mm -hmm. hilarious. It is. It's funny. Yeah, it's interesting how it's all changing, you know. And I think people, too, just because of all the, you know, the shootings and stuff, like people are realizing that mental health is a very big problem in our country. And so I think they're looking for ways to heal, you know. Yeah, it's important. And I think not just going directly to medication is important. I mm-hmm. think trying other things, trying diet, especially working out your diet and seeing For sure. what changes help. Because mm-hmm. that's a big factor, too. People don't really take into account is, oh, okay, maybe I'm not eating the best food. and Maybe that's messing with me in this weird way. Yeah, definitely. Or just like all overall health and wellness seems to be a big trend in our society, you know, where people just want to be healthy and take care of themselves. And it's a lot different than when we were growing up, I think. Do you guys drink alcohol? alcohol? Yeah, okay. sure. Sometimes, yeah, it depends. You're not strictly like, oh, no, we do just cannabis. Oh, okay. no. I've talked to a couple of people who are strictly in one camp or the other, though, especially alcohol. I was going to say alcoholics. People that drink <laughs> alcohol, they're like, mm, no cannabis. That's not for me. Well, oh, yeah. No, we'll probably celebrate yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about um, drinking is that then you use cannabis, then you get really messed up. You know? Everyone's had a couple beers and smoked a joint and they're like, whoa, what happened? You know? So um, the purists, the alcohol purists, you know, they probably don't want to be that hammered and enjoy, you know, can control their scene when they're just drinking. The one thing that always trips me up with alcohol is I never feel okay the next day. Yeah. I never, you never go out drinking for a night. Even if you hydrate and you take it easy and you eat food, you never feel at the top of your game the next day. No, it no. does affect you. It's always a subtle slight. Yeah. It's a sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like you get that trade off though with cannabis. You can be hungover, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Actually, <clears throat> then you smoke. I use more cannabis, actually. If I am, if I do have those hangovers sometimes, then it's like it helps with the nausea. 
you know, I totally, um, CBD is really good too for, to take, I take these gummies. That's just like, I'm good. Okay. I pretend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really not. (laughs) Yeah. Easier to pretend that you're good. (laughs) Yeah. Right. CBD. I was taking those CBD tinctures from Humboldt Apothecary. Mm -hmm. Those are really Really good. Really good. High quality. Yeah. Beautiful product they make for sure. Do you use CBD much, Kara? Um, no, not really. Just go for the the good stuff. Yeah, the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can get it if you smoke a, a strain with CBD. You can mm-hmm. get it that way, which is yeah. some people like. I've actually heard that smoking it with THC is actually better. You get more of the CBD. I don't know if that's factual or not. I'm not sure. I just haven't used it a lot. I haven't really, you know, tried you using it. Or, right? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely use um, CBD and and I like it because it's just like this. It's a different, it's a more relaxing, like body relaxation um, and it's not as mental, you know, so you kind of get, this is chill. It's really chill. Do you use it a lot? Um, No, not a lot, but when I need it, I do and it, it works for me. I think it mellows you out. It does. It chills. Yeah. Like, it's like you're, I like that's how I feel. It's just like lay in front of the fire and just like so chill. It just feels so good. It's like, I'm a cat. <laughs> Have you guys thought about doing any CBD yeah. stuff yeah. with, oh my. <laughs> I'm a cat. You know, you're just like, ah, let me stretch. And, and it's important to do that. It's important to be able to unwind. To, yeah. And de stress, I think, even more so. Just pull yourself out of your own head every now and then yeah first most some people you know a lot of people aren't into that and so cbd is a good alternative a good way for them to be able to get some uh, benefits of the cannabis plant you know without having to actually just get super baked or change their mind alter their mind (laughs) do you feel has it been hard trying to break into the into the market with a product like this where it is so general you guys are kind of competing with everything. 100%. Yep. People like to say that we're a niche product. Yeah, we've been classified as a niche product. And I'm like, because it's not a gummy or a chocolate, really? I yeah. think it's a staple because it's sugar. It's and sugar's in everything. Yeah. <laughs> and people use sweeteners, you know. So one of our main market um, focuses as boomer baby boomers because they are people who use sweeteners you know because they were in the second world war it's like they were at a time where it was hard to get you know so they appreciate that's like a luxury item you know and that's how most people should really look at it as a luxury item (laughs) because um you know it's not something that you can always count on having you know who knows what's going to happen with the economy and doesn't look good now. You know? It's not on a good like, turn. Or even just trading and transportation and, you know, all that stuff that's been happening in the last couple of years. Was it hard bringing this product to market with COVID? Did that have an impact on you guys? I think so, for sure. We're even maybe the time of we, the year? Well, we were lucky to be able to manufacture during that time. Yeah. Um, but but I think that the whole... Sales. And actually the industry did pretty well with covid i just think that it was um right at the time where we needed to be talking with many people and out and about and that wasn't really 
It was limited. Mm-hmm. It was actually kind of a savior for her and I because we're like, we, we can we work. Were, we were home and now we don't have to be home. We have an excuse to leave and it was just the two of us. So we had our own little COVID pod and we were just in this really, you know, pretty cool space and we were able to just kind of really work through our production process to nail it, nailing the dosing, you know, and having to make several different, you know, batches to try to figure out like how to nail it. So it's five milligrams every serving. It was, it was, it was, we had the, we had a really good time doing that, I think. Yeah. How long did it take to dial that in? Here's like, okay, now we can make five milligrams consistently. It's not going to be five here, 12 here. We had an idea, you know, and of course there's always going to be variables in manufacturing, right? Just like, oh, you know, like maybe it wasn't quite enough tincture or maybe it was a little too much or, you know, but when you're making larger quantities, um, there's a little more fudge room on that front. And we were working previously with really small quantities, just doing the testing and trying to figure out the best way to infuse it and how to make the tincture and, you know. You know, we started with um, plant, you know, matter. So we'd just get really, really good trim, you know, and make it that make our own tinctures that way. But that one was just really every time it was just never the same. We just couldn't get the same results. So that's why you outsource the tinctures. That's why we outsource the distillate. The distillate, yeah. Yeah. Because it's more consistent. The distillate is just consistent because it's just the THC and it's high. In THC, it's like, you know, usually around 90%. So it's easy for us to work with. We don't have to use a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a, a specific strain that you go to for that? Well, when you're... Does it matter? We, we could ask, you know, specifically ask for that. But the only th- our only requirement is that it's from Humboldt County, that the flower is from Humboldt County. Because when you make distillate... The only thing left is the THC. You're not really getting any of the terpenes. You're not really getting any of the plant. You're just getting the THC. So it doesn't totally It doesn't really matter. play a factor into mm-mm, it. Mm-mm. You know, I think we do. We use a hybrid. You know, it's a hybrid strain. So, but we, I mean, the first round we did, we had like how many farms? There's so many farms. Like all these humble <laughs> farms. But this last one we did, it came from one farm. And Arcata X is making our the distillate we're using right now. And super good. Really good. Clean, smells good. This, yeah, yes. once you, you know, get it on the sugar, it doesn't smell. But, you know, when you're working with, like, big jars. <laughs> yeah. Probably all hits you and you're like, oh. And when you first like, like, how do we get it out of the jar, you know? And then you'd, like, stick a stick in there, and you're like, oh, no. And then you're like, Winnie the Pooh. And it's like, honey, like, stretch from one instrument to the other. And Karen and I are like, hold this. Hold it. I got to pull my hand off this thing. And it was great. Yeah. Then we then we got a hot gun, and that worked or whatever. <laughs> we figured it out. We figured it out. Yeah. We definitely figured those it little out. tweaks of okay, maybe we do this next time, and yeah. it's gonna it's gonna pan yeah, there out was a little some bit. Learning process for sure, especially working like I said with larger quantities and stuff. And we had a lot of we have a lot of um, awesome equipment that we used, and um, we decided that we were gonna use like an industrial grade tumbler, you know, that like it was a food grade tumbler, so we could homogenize our big batches and make sure it was all the same. Oh, that's smart. You know, so we've worked up some systems that work for us. And then the machine, like, Kara has it completely dialed. Like, I don't even – at first it was, like, you know, (laughs) 
Kara's like at the top <laughs> making sure the sugar's not flying everywhere. And I'm like at the bottom receiving <laughs> the little sugar packets. Like, we were like, we're never going to be able to do this without two people. I know. This is a two-person job for sure. Yeah. And then now we're like, oh, cool. The Kara's machine's running on the other side of the room more and we're doing other stuff. So we've sugar. come a long way. <laughs> Yeah, it's been cool. Like, but we would love to do a collab with other um, um, sweet manufacturers or make ice cream or, you know, if anybody wants to contact us about that, we would totally be really into having some conversations about how to use our sugar, uh, you know, by bulk. And we can totally customize it mm -hmm. in a bunch of different ways. So, like, we could, you know, if you want to use a specific farm or you have a specific distillate or you want to make a CBD one, like we have our process down. So if we can count on the input being what it says it is, you know, and it's testing right on, then we can, we can, we can customize it, make it really low dose, make it higher dose, use the live rosin. We made some live rosin for some people. We're going to make some live rosin sugar for this, uh, event where they're doing a curated dinner that's using all these different um, live rosins from different farms or manufacturers and they're infusing all the food oh that's cool and so we're gonna make um i got some samples from um a friend and we're gonna infuse um, some sugar for them for that event is it harder working with a product like that where it's like live rosin or no? It doesn't really make a difference on your end. No, it doesn't really make a difference. No, not once it's infused and we go, it goes through our process. Um, it's pretty stable. And God, we made that one. We made this live rosin lemon sugar that was like freaking phenomenal. It was basically like, um, like a pixie stick. It was like oh. a lemon pixie stick. Yeah, it was stick. just sour. We put a little sour stuff and some lemon oil and some live rosin. It just smelled so good, you know, and it was just a completely different product. And, you know, live rosin has its benefits too, you know, the whole full spectrum thing, you know, those gummies and all that, those edibles like that, those are really good. I like them too. You know, but the distillate for us is just, you know, it doesn't smell and it doesn't taste. And I think it's appealing to a larger audience mm -hmm. go out yeah what do you think your age demographic is right now do you guys have any would you guess on that um i would say I the older like, crowd yeah, sure. like 30 and 30 up. and up mm -hmm. <clears throat> 30 and up mm -hmm. yeah just because go ahead just because it um you know it's low dose you know and there's a lot of that age well maybe not 30 but like the boomers, like I said, 50 and above, people who are just now, because it's legal. So now it's like it's the stigma is kind it. of being removed and people are exploring it. And it's so funny because you'll just be – I was just down in Santa Rosa and Ukiah and there's this big wedding party and there's all these people from all over the country there. They're all like, oh, yeah, I got the gummies, you know. We're like, do you? Because basically when I talk to people, they're like, do you use cannabis? And it's like, yeah. It's like, I smoke every day. Or, yeah, I got my gummies, you know. Then I'm always like, oh, you want to try my sugar? And we just, you know, hand out sticks. I did a lot this last weekend down in Santa Rosa and Healdsburg. I was just like, oh, do you use cannabis? Here you go. Have a stick. That's perfect promo. Yeah. It's just great. Just here, try a little stick. Yeah. See what you think. Yeah. Look us up. Follow us on Insta, you know. It's cool. It's just a good way to open the conversation. And I think it spreads more organically that way. When somebody just tries the product and is like, okay, this is this is cool. I'm going to go tell my friends about this. Totally. What about yeah. Hollywood when we went to Hollywood? 
Oh yeah, that was when we were giving it to everyone. Yeah, we were just like on just the along streets. the strip. Yeah, we no. Well, we weren't. We we're in West Hollywood, you know, and so there's a lot of cannabis dispensaries in West Hollywood. Melrose, we like hung out down there, and they'd never seen anything like us before, you know. Like we were just walking down the street with our um, our um, sticks stapled to our business cards, and we just like, "Do you use cannabis? You do here? Oh, it's on Instagram." <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, thanks. We made all kinds of friends. It was really cool. I bet you guys had a lot and of now people we're coming in, up. And now we're in delivery services, so people all over California can essentially get our product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that from you guys or from local uh, the stores? Flower, the Flower Co. and MJ. It's, it's statewide, yeah. Mm-hmm. And MJ is a delivery service. Can you guys do direct to consumer? Can somebody go to your site and buy it? No. Is that a different We don't have license? the transfer. To, you'd have to, yeah, we can't do we don't, that. Yeah, that's not allowed. Different process. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Can people? I just. I, I don't know. People can order it online, but I feel like they're ordering it from, like the Flower Co. delivers statewide, <clears throat> like within twenty four hours or forty eight hours, like oh, anything wow. off their menu. So, you know, I'm sure there's limitations. Like, okay, I live in Peanut, California. You know, you might not, take a little longer. <laughs> you might not make it out there. You might have to drive to Etna to get it. You know, or whatever. But as far as I can tell, that's like it's a statewide. Um, organization, which is great. I've never heard about it. Yeah, it's called the Flower Co. And um, I think if you be, you can become a <clears throat> member and you get all kinds of really good discounts and stuff like that too. Where's my water? And you guys are on Flower Co. Yeah, and they're in. local, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're local. I didn't. I've yeah. never heard about that. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. How often do you guys use cannabis? Every day in my Every coffee. Day. <laughs> my daily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not till, you know, the afternoon. It's like instead of a beer or something, I'll just do a bong hit. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite method besides the sugar, of course? I like smoking. I like joints. I smoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I use, can- like, I edibles. It just depends. The thing with the edibles is you always got to eat them early enough so that it doesn't keep you up. You know. Yeah, that's a big thing, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I just like sometimes I'm like, oh, I really want to. And I was like, shoot, it's already eight o'clock. I'm if about I to go to bed. Now, you know, I'm not gonna. But I know it would make me feel so chill. So I'm like, I just want to eat it. But then I'll have one of those CBD gummies. I'm like, <laughs> I have some friends that'll take like a five milligram edible before they go to bed, and they said it helps them sleep. But well, there's a sleepy, you know, because that's so cool is you can buy like the sleep gummy or the vacuumy gummy or the, that's what I call them because like, I just always want to vacuum and I really die on edibles. <laughs> like clean. <gasps> Feels so good. Um, all different kinds, right? Of uh, edibles. <laughs> yeah. And different, different types in the sense you can really get whatever you want now. Mm-hmm. A candy, a cookie. Popcorn. Yeah. Pop, I didn't know about popcorn. Yeah, That's a new one. Popcorns and they have pop rocks. Pop rocks. Those are good. We like those. Those are good. I haven't tried the pop rocks. Pop rocks. Those are cool. Um. Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah. the drinks, like the drink industry, has gotten really big. I think um, they have wine now too. Cannabis oh, infused what? wine. I think that's a new thing. But is that legal? It's not legal. You can't mix I alcohol think... and cannabis yet. You can't. Oh. Not legally. Maybe they're using... Maybe there's no alcohol in the wine. I don't know. 
You know, I'm like, sure there are people, I have some friends who, um, I live out in Fieldbrook and they have a little cider farm and they've been using our sugar to activate their yeast. And then afterwards they finish with a little, uh, five milligrams mm-hmm. of the cannabis and they put it in each bottle. And so we have the cider that has our sugar in it. Oh, that are they selling that? Say Rena Farms? No, not legally. Yeah. No, it's just kind of like he it makes a bunch. Just for and, some, yeah, just for friends. Yeah. Friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah oh, cool. that's cool. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you can really use really use it for whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, right. There's not really any limitations. No, you could make simple syrups, and you know we've come up with some cool ideas about what we would do, like come up with a bar line. I think would be really bitching like a finishing rim sugar, yeah. you know, and you know, get the packaging. It's just all that stuff is so expensive to like come up with all of that, but you know, have a little package where you could just dip your glass in and um, using it for cocktails, make simple syrups. So, what's the stage right now? Just grow. The customer base and then focus on kind of mm-hmm. branching out to whatever you guys want to do. Yeah. And, and finding a new manufacturing space, you know, is also kind of, or just figuring th- that process Is out. that not the Willow Creek spot? We're out. We're out of there. Oh. Yeah. We're no longer there. So we did that big push and made a bunch. And then. And that's to kind of hold you guys over until mm-hmm. you find a new spot. Yep. Do you guys have any idea of where you're looking at? Are we you have a couple of, we have a couple of people that we've talked to. Recently, we're just trying to decide and get the timing right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of like all oh, like make or break, you know, this year for us, you know, because our um, the last large batch we made is expiring in November and we need to sell that, you know, get it out. And so we've got a few months left to try to, to make that happen. And But we've been getting a lot of um, action lately and... Getting some like um, we're the, very hopeful. Yeah. Well, and then the the Insta stuff like you were talking about, like getting involved on that. Like we've met a lot of cool people that have been promoting our our product, and you know we just we hook them up with some sugar, and they're like, oh yeah, well let me tell everyone about it. So that's what's that's been really cool. Too. Are you guys on TikTok? And so I'm sure you shook your head like, oh, we've been asked that a lot. We are. Uh, we have an account on TikTok, but we do not have anything on it. We should put our pet or at least some of our real stuff on there. You know, that'd be fun. I'm not on there, but I've heard that TikTok is a very powerful way to grow whatever you're trying to grow very quickly. You can really gain a lot of traction with that. We need we need someone young to come give us a call and help us. With anybody TikTok. listening is interested. Yeah, anybody interest, Fluent interested. Fluent in social media. Yes, yes, give us a call or a little internship or a trade. Holla. Because um, I feel like that is, I I love TikTok. Do you, do you, what, I don't do even that? have it downloaded. Oh my goodness. I'm worried it I'd is, get addicted. And that's all is, I'd be doing is just scrolling. It's like my guilty pleasure. Do you get on it? No. Oh God, it's so great. Because you just <laughs> such a, it's just such a like pan of, you know, America and the world too. But just what people do, just the craziest, weirdest, most interesting things, and you know, you can get into with some weird stuff. But you can also just, it's just really, really entertaining. Really entertaining. Yeah, for sure. But I don't. I just like have to limit it. <laughs> 
Well, it's, <laughs> Get myself it's like a half an hour in the evening. Right? It's just, it's just fantastic. But then you're like, oh, and I want to share this with this friend and that friend. And oh my God, somebody would get this, you know? And then you're like, slow it down. Hey. Just watch it. <laughs> half an hour and put it down. It's never just half an hour. It so is. Like... Yeah, for me. And then I forget about it. And then I, I'm like, oh yeah, TikTok. That's what I can do. <laughs> yeah, Instagram catches me up. I'll pick mm-hmm. it up every now and then and just start scrolling. And mm-hmm. then it's been an hour and a half, and you're still sitting in the same spot. Yeah. What did I, I just know, do? Yeah. I know. I know, but it's interesting because to me, I, I love looking at culture and, you know, it depends on what you're into and what you're following, but it's just, it's just, you can find out about anything and it's, and things you've never heard of. And I like all the nature stuff, you know, we saw these cool animals and places to go on the planet and beautiful people. I like that. It yeah, is a great yeah, tool, most right? Most of mine is all travel. Yeah, travel. Ca- yeah, travel, stuff. cooking, food stuff. Yeah, it's neat. I mean, you get a great. You can just look out into the world mm-hmm. and see whatever at at the press of a button, whatever right? you want to see, whatever video you're interested in. I know. It's right there. It's so fascinating. And there's hundreds of thousands of them, if not millions. I know. I know, and I try not to like too much because I always like. You start up very vague in general, you know, so then you kind of get stuff from all different, you know, because that's kind of, it's you know, I'm sure there's some sort of computer program that's like following everything you like and, you know, pushing you in directions that maybe you don't want to go on that app. So I always try not to like too much <laughs> so that I just get all that, just everything. It's fascinating. Yeah, I'm scared. Hearing you talk about that freaks me out. I'm like, I don't need to download TikTok. TikTok? Yeah, TikTok is, is great. I don't know. I like it. I like it. Everyone that uses it loves it. I haven't heard anything bad. And just think about what they've manipulated part of the, you know, like ha- things happening in the government. Like, don't go to that, you know, protest or that um, rally that Trump had where TikTok was heavily influential in preventing um, that rally being full, that Trump rally. Because all the kids were like, bought tickets to go, but you had to be 18 or over and, but they didn't have a box that you could check or something. And so basically all these kids on TikTok bought tickets. Oh, so nobody else could buy tickets. And no one else could buy tickets. And that's why the rally was empty because these genius children are like manipulating. Was that recent? Yes. Trump. I didn't hear about that. Yes. You have to look it up. Yeah. No, they're influential. That's the thing. And that's why they like shut it down in China and stuff. Because they're like, wait, you have power now, you know? We want to be in power. So. Yeah, China and social media gets a little scary. Yeah, it's weird. China in general gets a little scary. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, do you have, do you do a lot of podcasting or are you just. Um, I'm getting there. Yeah. Get, I'm, this is almost my second year of doing it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still kind of like you guys just branching out. Yeah. Just trying to test the waters. That's interesting. And do you have a day job? Can I interview you? Yeah. Okay. A little yeah. Bit? Can I interview you? <laughs> Let me go sit on this side of the table. We'll swap sides. Yeah. I, I work during the day and then I try to squeeze these in whenever mm-hmm. I can. And That's neat. Whenever somebody's schedule allows for it. Cool. Kind of varies. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. I, was... I had a fun time. My yeah. first podcast. Yeah. And I listen to, I listen to podcasts too, you know. What's your go-to podcast? Radio Lab and Dateline, probably. Have you ever heard of Crime Junkies? Yes. That's a great podcast. Yes. We listen to that a lot. 
together. Did you listen to the one, the message last week about Brit? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Right. She had like out. a brain, um, <clears throat> something happened. She had like, she had brain surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's in the hospital. She's messed up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like a tumor or a no, brain injury? No, she had this, a, seizure, a, seizure, a seizure. Oh, a blood clot. A blood clot. Oh, maybe. that's scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, now she's just all on the there. Woo, bro. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, what, bro? What am I doing? <laughs> no. They do. Yeah. We're crime junkies for sure. Oh, God. Yeah. Great podcast. It's so good. Really, I, yeah. I got into listening to that as I fell asleep for a while. I was like, oh, this is probably not <laughs> the best. Good dreams. Yeah. Good dreams. Yeah. You don't want to feed your brain that right before yeah. you go to bed. Yeah. A little earlier in the night. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like podcasting, so. Yeah. We really are really happy to be here. And no, I'm happy to have you guys. Reaching out. Yeah. And, you know, if you ever want to do, like, a panel, like, we'll come back. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. We'll have to, I'm excited you guys brought some swag. I'll, I'll push that out to the next yeah, guest. Yeah, definitely. Give it a try, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was funny, too, because um, Kara's sister, again, she was like, I'm just going to search on YouTube for Humble Trucker. And then she finds, what is it, the... Oh, yeah. The dank dabbing cabin. Yeah, there was a guy who does, yeah, dank's dabbing cabin, and he reviewed our product. He's like, I stopped in Eureka today, and he had the product. He's like, I picked up some Humboldt Sugar Company and sat there and opened it and talked about it for I don't know how many minutes. It was oh, lengthy. Cool. Lengthy. <laughs> and... <laughs> Like randomly on, you know, just uh, searching so YouTube funny. for we're Humboldt like, Sugar. Oh my gosh, look at this. And we were so happy. We tried to send him a message. We should look. Yeah. But that was interesting, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and um, we've had some, yeah, weird, interesting doors open to being, doing what we're doing, you know, like we met. Just going to we visit. Met Pebbles when she was here. Mm-hmm. She's a Mara cannabis activist. And it's just been really interesting. And doing demos and stuff like that is just really cool to see people. And we love it. Yeah, but you get to meet a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds. Yeah, we do. And some part of the cannabis industry is a little bit like square, not square, but just like, okay, um, this is my little scene. And, you know, we come in and we always love like flowers and cupcakes and <laughs> glitter. <laughs> you know? yeah. and everyone's like, whoa, you guys are fun, you know, and either people want to talk to us or they don't. But either way, it's, we're really enjoying it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And we're really grateful for everyone for helping us get our foot in the door and get out there. And you said this is this is make or break time is that in terms of just getting that what you have already produced you said november yeah yeah getting it out by november that's our main goal how much are you guys producing in a batch about 24 to 2500 units probably Mm -hmm. that's like 2000 um, to 22 it's like 150 pounds of sugar or something oh wow that's a lot of sugar it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot when it's in a two-gram stick. Yeah. <laughs> you should see the mountains of sticks we have oh, to man. package. And we do all that ourselves, you know. And so you guys, is, I'm guessing it's probably just stored at somebody's house and you guys are pushing it out. Oh, no. We have a distribution company. We oh, so you, oh you, so you don't have to hold on to your stock no, until you... No, oh, no. that's so nice. They have, okay. They're storing it for us. They've been, like I said, they've been great. Oh, that's cool. Us. Yeah. Peak mm-hmm. Industries has been wonderful. Yeah. What's the shelf life? Well, the shelf life is it's however indefinite. long. I mean, it's sugar. Five so. years, I think. You can okay. keep sugar. Mm-hmm. What's the November deadline then? Well, in the cannabis world, you can only have stuff on the shelf for one year. Unless you retest it. So then you got to pay that 
massive testing fee oh, that's to sneaky. get it retested, and then you have to relabel it all with a new sticker. So it's just more money, you know. They you're already like all stripped down to the, <laughs> the bare essentials on this thing, you know. But if it comes down to it, if it seems worth it, but we'll see. It, yeah. it might. We might be like, well, we're just going to go for it, and then by then we hopefully would have our third batch going out. Big bet. That's weird. That year mark is weird. It's just more control. Yeah. I, I would understand if it was a made product, I guess. So like the, a brownie or something. Yeah, something or that does have that an inherent baked. shelf life, mm-hmm. but sugar, sugar, that's... Yeah, I wonder if... Um, I mean, distillate... I know that, like, the flour obviously has a shelf life. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, but I wonder if other stuff that's really... Well, packaged well if or like if a tincture with that I wonder tincture if that or like a distillate or a, you know some of the concentrate stuff if it would it seems like it would though degrade over time no matter what it's interesting i think it loses its potency and that's probably it, it, it might do that you know mm. after a couple of years it probably it may not be as strong where would it go though? It seems like it would all Where just does be it go? There, you know? Just evaporate. It's just like, I don't want to be stony anymore. <laughs> just goes back to right. Well, then you could just market it as sugar. Oh, this is just sugar. sugar. Now. It's yeah. lightly infused yeah. sugar. It's it's kissed sugar. THC. Microdose sugar. Yes. Yes. Cool. Okay, well. Kara, Jessica, thank you guys. This has been great. Thank you so much. I really so enjoyed much. talking with you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Do you want to plug where people can find you, where you're at? Sure. You can find us on Instagram at Humboldt Sugar Co. Also on Facebook at Humboldt Sugar Co. And our webpage is HumboldtSugar.com. And you can purchase it locally. Um. Yeah, you can find our sugar locally and a bunch of dispensaries you can find the list on our web page um and yeah that's it you can contact us um on our website absolutely any social media wizards that want to help out feel free to reach out (laughs) yeah yeah feel free to holler or anybody with a warehouse. Yeah, if you're if yeah a... if you're if you're looking for um someone to you want to rent some of your manufacturing space, um we would be interested in having a conversation. Absolutely. Okay. And then, yeah, we'll be doing live demos and stuff around here too. So just keep yeah, an just eye out keep for an that. eye out on our Insta. We always say where we're going to be when we do a demo, when we're having awesome promos, when oh, we're yeah. giving things away, yep. all that. Oh, cool. Yeah. We're going to actually, we're going to San Francisco next week. We're doing a demo at the floor store in the Castro District yep. on, on Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. What is that? The 17th? Yep. From three to six. Okay. If you're in San Francisco, check that out. Come yep. see us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, it's a really cool store. It's like integrating San Francisco and Humboldt together. Um, yeah. They have all Humboldt products there. Yeah. It's a dispensary. Yeah. The dispensary that yeah. called the floor store in the Castro, San Francisco. And that's kind of where a lot of the um the the beginnings of the late for the two fifteen bill was written right in that area. Like oh, by whoa. a bunch of people. So they have uh, there's some really, really heavy Humboldt and just cannabis roots in that part of San Francisco. It's neat. Do you guys do a lot of demos out of the area like that? When needed, yes. Yes, and we're working with some, talking with some other people about helping us do that, you know, like if we can't travel. But, 
Yeah, we're starting to do that now as we're getting more sales. So who knows? We may be in Malibu soon. Yep. That'd be a fun little trip. Yeah, it would be cool. cool. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.